success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. We have an amazing, amazing guest for you all the way from Germany. After obtaining two bachelor degrees in four years, Shauna Armitage struggled to find work in the ailing economy of 2011 and turned to freelance writing. It didn't take long for her to discover that her abilities as a writer were highly valued by marketers. And only a year later, Shauna had taken a position as director of digital content for an agency, wanting to create a more effective marketing solution for startups than the agency model. Shauna began stepping into the fractional marketing director role. Through her intensive approach, Shauna has helped her clients achieve results such as a 400% increase in website conversions and a 220% growth in sales. She is the host of the Startup Renegades podcast, a raw conversation with founders about their business journeys and the growth strategies they've used to successfully scale their brands. Welcome, Shauna, to the She's Invincible podcast. It is so great to have you with us today. Oh, it's so great to be here. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we were just talking about being in Germany. It's it's nine o'clock at night. You've already had a whole day. <laughs> yes. And yeah. In the US, it's just three. So wow. So fun. So I am so excited to just have you share with our listeners. How did you get where you are today? I'm sure too, you're looking around wondering, right? <laughs> how did I get here? I'm in Germany I'm doing all these great things. Um, so how did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Well, I'll start with what makes me invincible because this goes back to the very beginning. For me, I've always just been willing to do what it takes. And, you know, when I was little, I always worked really hard at my sports or my dance or my school. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to to feel that. And even now in my life, we were talking about this earlier. I've got four kids. My spouse is in the Air Force. We live in Germany. All of my clients are in the U.S. So I had the option not to work anymore when we moved to Germany or I changed my hours and I changed my schedule so I can still continue to do the work that I love. Well, we have this opportunity to live in a different part of the world. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love it. So tell them how, how did this start? How did you end up here? Uh, yeah. Give us a little bit of insight on your journey. 
Yeah. I went to a school to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. When I was a little kid, um, when I was in the third grade, I used to skip my recesses and go back and be um, like a teacher's aide in my second grade teacher's classroom. I loved making the lesson plans and, and guiding the other students. And it was just always a big a big part of me. And I continued that as I I got older, I went to Wheelock college in Boston to become an elementary school teacher. But when I got there, just doing what it had taken, didn't really feel like enough anymore. I wasn't good at tests. And in order to be a teacher, you have to nail the standardized tests. And I failed my first one and panicked and never went back. And that's where I ended up getting my degree in three years because I took the major in history and the minor in education instead of the double major. And I went back a few years later after I had my first son and or my first child, he is my only son. And I got a degree in professional writing in just a year. So I got the two degrees in four years And at that point, the economy wasn't doing very well. So we we had moved around, you know, trying to to make things work. My husband and I with our little boy and one I couldn't get anyone to take a look at my resume and even interview me for a job, much less give me a job. And a family member had suggested freelancing and I didn't. I didn't think entrepreneurship was an option. Growing up, I saw teachers and people who worked at the grocery store and firefighters. And I had this smaller frame of reference, this smaller ecosystem. And I don't think I ever knew what entrepreneurship really was or even what marketing was for that matter. So I went into freelancing started working on Elance. It's Upwork now, but back in those days, it was Elance. And I got my first job within two weeks. And I was like, wow, you know, this is great. I can get a job. I can work from home. So I started picking up more freelance jobs and I was really enjoying it. It wasn't making a ton of money, but it gave me the opportunity to flex my writing skills And when I got this job as the director of digital content for a marketing agency, I started to realize that this writing, which was a strength of mine, played into this bigger picture that was marketing. And I really learned the ropes while I was there and I fell in love with it and it became became my career. That is amazing. And so here you are now and you're doing that and helping others to to do that as well. Amazing. So let's talk. I mean, there's so much. Right. And and since this pandemic began last year, um, like so much has changed. Right. In marketing, everything is rising. Right. The levels are rising. There's more volume. There's a lot of noise out there. Right. So I'm so excited to talk about this topic about, you know, campaign planning versus versus content planning. There's, you hear so much, you know, of like what do's and don'ts and what platforms are the best. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, each one is different. As soon as you figure it all out, they change. <laughs> right. Do you find that? I guess. And so yeah. I know out here, that's what it's, it's like for us. So I would love to talk about that. And then also some of your expertise around startup business mindset, because I think a lot of women are in a place right now, if they haven't shifted yet, 
they're in that place of reinventing themselves or, you know, recreating something that's going to fit into this new lifestyle that they've been handed, right? Like kind of overnight. So I would love to just jump in and talk about all the things. So let's start with the first one, which is campaign planning and content versus content planning. Yeah, of course. So especially with the rise of social media, we're all about the content. You've got to provide value. You've got to be putting out content. You've got some of these bigger influencers or gurus that are putting out tons of, you know, daily content two or three times a day on one platform. They're doing it on multiple platforms and it's super overwhelming for, I don't want to say average business owner, because I don't think that most of us are average. But for a small business owner or a startup founder, it's just not doable. And you have to kind of take a step back and think about what that content is doing for you. What is the purpose? So campaign planning is about three things. It's about building brand awareness. It's about generating leads. And it's about making the sale. So in theory, you know, everything that we put out there is about brand awareness or about making this sale, but we may not always be delivering the right message at the right time to make sure that we're achieving one of those things, or we're just kind of spitting out random content because we have to be on social media. That's just, that's part of modern marketing. It's what you do these days. So what I teach is campaign planning. I will go through with my clients and we will make a schedule for the quarter or for the year. And we're going to make it really relevant. And we're going to focus in on those three goals. So I think we were talking about um, in the beginning when you and I had chatted earlier about picking holidays, picking relevant things. So if you go, I think it's like nationalholiday.com. I've got a guide that has all of the holidays listed on it. But there is a holiday for every day of the year, whether it's National Donut Day or Grandparent Day or Puppy Day. There is Kiss a Ginger Day in January, right? There are so many fun options out there. And there's going to be a ton that are going to be a relevant connection point between you and your audience. So this is your chance to create that connection with them instead of talking at them and dumping content on them all the time. So for campaign planning, we are going to look at the calendar. We are going to find some dates, one, two a month, where we're feeling that relevance between us and our audience. And then we can create campaigns either directed at brand awareness um, by building special offers to drive leads, or if we're offering a discount or having something special to generate sales. So those are the three main points. And, you know, by going through and creating that calendar, it gives you the opportunity to think more critically about how you're using content to create campaigns that are actually driving your business forward. That is so brilliant, right? Because, I mean, you see things all day long. I see things. So um, would do you do this for email plus all of the social media platforms? So you play in all the different areas. I do, but you know what? It depends. That's always such a tough question. And I get that a lot, you know, when, when people are interviewing me to work in their business. 
Um, you know, do you do email? Do you do this? Do you do that? What does the plan look like? And the truth is that the plan doesn't look the same for any two businesses because our resources are different. Our budgets are different. The skill sets on our team are different. So we take that into account and maybe one business is doing campaigns on Instagram and Pinterest and another one is running Facebook ads and doing email campaigns. Another one might be doing Instagram and strategic brand partnerships where they're doing cross promotion with other brands and giveaways for campaigns. The opportunities are really endless. What it comes down to is being really strategic and thoughtful about you know, how you're creating that connection point and, and moving those campaigns forward. I love it. That's awesome. So what's been your favorite campaign so far? Okay. So (laughs) I I've had a couple, I have to say, uh, one of my most recent ones launched yesterday, if I'm being honest. So I am working with a CPG, which is consumer packaged goods company that makes tamales. And we partnered with this great brand that basically makes chocolate milk for adults. It's like a protein rich, great chocolate milk. And May 11th is eat what you want day. So we worked with a bunch of influencers to eat tamales and chocolate milk and see if it was the right pairing. And it's just such a fun campaign. It's something unique. You know, everybody's doing sales for Black Friday. Everybody's doing sales for Mother's Day or special content around Valentine's Day. Not too many people were talking about Eat What You Want Day. And it was just a really fun way to engage our audiences and to generate some new business for both brands. That sounds so fun, too. And I can't even picture chocolate protein drinks and tamales together, but yay. Right. How I will tell you the tamales are delicious and we got some (laughs) great feedback from these adults who love chocolate milk. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm one of those. (laughs) I'm an adult who loves chocolate, anything. Oh, that is so fun. So basically you just have a really fun time being creative and helping these businesses uh, get the word out. Right. Visibility. Yeah. I mean, being creative is a, is definitely a part of it, but you have to be strategic. You have to know what your numbers are, what your, what resonates with your audience. Um, and yeah, it's definitely fun to do. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about this, uh, startup business mindset. Let's go there for mm-hmm. a few minutes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Okay. So I will share with you my favorite example. It took me a little while to realize that startups were for me. And then I realized that it wasn't necessarily a different business model. It was a different mindset. So when we talk about startups, a lot of times we're thinking Facebook, we're thinking Uber, we're thinking these companies that had a lot of capital in, you know, um, invested in them. And then they were able to scale quickly, grow fast. And traditionally, that's what a startup means. So we think of venture capitalists and angel investors, but there's a lot of small bootstrap companies with the startup mindset who are doing it. They're just not doing it as quickly. So I had met with this potential client once, and this is my favorite example. So they were a dance studio. That is not a business that scales, right? 
you're always going to be limited by your physical space. You can only fit so many people in there. You're going to be limited by your market share. You're going to be, you know, depending on how many cities are around you, the population of people, the, the demographics of that population, you're going to be limited by all of these things. And there's going to be a point where you just, you can't grow any bigger. But when I spoke to the founder of this company, she had a really unique style of dance. And what they were doing is they were recording these dance sessions and now offering it as a membership online. So now this business model that's traditional brick and mortar is highly scalable because you're not just doing the one-to-one anymore. You're doing the one-to-many. You can reach people all over the country all over the world and the growth potential without taking on more financial risk or big financial risk, you know, we all have to invest into our startups is, is a lot lower. So the ability of that dance business to scale so much more than the original brick and mortar. And for me, that is the startup mindset. You're not concerned that we were all concerned about paying the bills. But your biggest concern isn't keeping the lights on or making sure that everybody's getting their paycheck. It's more about the growth mindset and what your business can do to expand and get to the next level. Ah, that is so great. And I know like a lot of companies this past year had to do that, right? If you were teaching cooking classes, you had to figure out how to do that online. And there Mm -hmm. just have been so many companies that have shifted and done that. And I think that that is amazing because there are things that people don't typically think like you just said, like with a dance studio, you know, kind of your mindset is just what you can, you know, be capable of right in that place. But this has expanded so many minds and businesses for those who are courageous enough to venture into it. So some people are still stuck in the old way where they're like, can't see the forest through the trees, but the people who are innovative and they are open-minded, I love how they have made these shifts and that's awesome. So there are so many women I think men too, but, you know, mostly we talk to women here at the She's Invincible podcast. And um, I would love that, like a lot of them are shifting. They're trying to figure things out, find their sweet spot. What would you say today in 2021 would be a really great scalable business for someone to get into? Um, Do you have some things there with that? And I know I'm totally putting you on the spot, but I know you work with a lot of different people, so I'm sure you can handle it. But what kind of recommendations do you have that maybe they should look at? That is such a hardball question. I appreciate you putting me on the spot like that because that's not an easy one to answer. I think the first thing that's going to be scalable is some kind of course or service model like the dance studio where they could create the content and then get many people paying for it instead of just one. My business model is not terribly easy to scale, um, but it's more profitable as a service-based business because there's not a lot of overhead. There's more risk if you're going into a business with a physical product because you have to pay to have all of those things manufactured before you sell it. But those can be highly scalable if you have the right resources, the right mindset, the right team. So there are a lot of opportunities. And even this company that I work with, Uh, that makes the tamales, they were selling 
in a lot of grocery stores and they had an e-commerce business, but it wasn't a huge part of their business. And when the pandemic hit, not everyone wanted to go into the grocery stores anymore. And they were looking for these solutions online and all of a sudden e-commerce picked up. So if, if it's a service or even if it's a product, just the mindset around marketing online, building your audience online and connecting with your community online is going to be a huge part of your success. Oh, that's such a great answer. That was awesome. Thank you. That I think that really helps our listeners as well. And of course, we're going to tell them where they can find you because you never <laughs> want to go in there alone, right? <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yes, yes. So this has been so great. And you know, one thing I do want to say to you is thank you, thank you, thank you for your family service to our country. I know that it is not easy. Um, I can't even imagine. And we're going to talk just a little bit about this, but, you know, there are so many things, you know, we, we thank your husband for his service, but, you know, at the same time we see as he risks his life that you are also, you know, sacrificing, uh, being home alone with the kids, having four kids on your own, being in a pandemic, like military doesn't stop when there's a pandemic. I think it gets Mm -hmm. busier. Right. And so, you know, (laughs) doing that, having a business at home, you know, with the kids while he's out doing what he does. Oh my gosh. Like hats off to you. Um, what kind of advice do you have to some of the other women out there? You know, maybe they're military wives, maybe they're single moms, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you sit in that area too, when, when he's away and you're on your own, uh, do you have some advice for business and maybe some hot tips that you practice that work for you? Yeah, I have, I definitely have a few tips. So one thing that I learned early on when I started this business was that I wasn't going to be good at the business and I wasn't going to be a good mom if I was trying to do them all at once. You know, I did the work at home mom thing for a while and none of it was getting my full attention. So very early on in the business, we got childcare and that was amazing because I could separate mom and work. I wasn't, you know, cooking dinner, trying to, you know, go for a walk or play outside and checking my emails at the same time. And I didn't have children crying during nap time or coming in and asking me for a snack when I was on a Zoom call. Now, some of that has changed amid the pandemic and there's nothing that we can do about that. And I think that's really great because now we're kind of seeing each other on a more human level. And, you know, if one of my kid comes in and needs something from me when I'm on a Zoom call, then that just has to be okay because that is the new normal. And it's something that we all have to experience. And I haven't, I definitely haven't received any pushback on it, uh, but that's like the new professional, right? Is that we just kind of honor everyone's experiences with, with what they're going through right now. But So for me, separating the family from the work was really key so I could be my best in in each area of my life. One thing that I wish I had kind of heard from people early on, you see a lot of these gurus who are talking about, here's my system or here's what I did to scale to six figures in a year and this like big business. 
That is all fantastic. And for those women, for those people who do it, like hats off, but there's nothing wrong with scaling your business slowly. You shouldn't feel like you are not successful or you are not accomplished because you are not making six figures salary or six figure profits in your business. I think that we see all of these kinds of things and we internalize these messages, but it's important to remember that they're small wins in, in every day, whether it's getting a new client or hitting that sales goal or, or whatever it is. So there's definitely been times where I felt like maybe I should have been doing more, but you know, I was having a baby and it just wasn't in the cards or my husband was deployed and my family needed more of my attention. So I had to pull back from work. And it's just a give and take, and you have to be able and willing to give yourself grace and just say, I don't, I don't need to be hitting that next level right now. I need to be focusing on something else. And then, you know, down the line, when the time is right, then I can put more energy into reaching that next sales goal for the business. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. I love it. And you know, as much as we tell people don't compare yourself, right? It's so hard not to, and you feel like you need to keep up and yet you just gave them permission, like just run your own race. Right. And is there, and again, I'm going to put, I just feel like I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm going to ask you this other question because I think, you know, for women, this could be important too. Is there um, a certain way that your husband has supported you, uh, you know, in these things like he's away, you're here trying to build a business, take care of four kids, be pregnant, be sick, be, you know, move, right. You've relocated many times. Um, What would you say has been the one biggest way that your husband has supported you that these gals could maybe look to their partner um, in a way that could help them? One specific thing comes to mind. Um, So I will talk a little bit about how and why I started my business later. But when I started my business, it was three weeks before he was to deploy um, for the first time. So it was the first time we had ever been separated. It was six months apart. This was a new experience for me as I was launching the business, which was also a new experience for me. So there was a lot going on. And like I had said, I really wanted to have that separation with the kids so I could take lunch meetings and I could network, you know, working online. That's not something that I had done a lot of, you know, I didn't have a Rolodex of contacts to say, Hey, I'm in business now. You know, do you have any referrals for me? And the one thing that he did, while I was kind of internally panicking about this is he, before I got my first client, he wanted to take out a loan so we could afford to put the kids in childcare for a few months so I could go all in on the business. And really what it equated to, because I never would have suggested that. I'm, I'm a risk adverse kind of girl. Um, what it really equated to is that he had confidence in my ability to launch this business, to grow something successfully before I had it in myself. And it was that kind of confidence in me that really uh, pushed the business forward in the beginning. Um, Yeah. Just seeing, seeing it in me when I couldn't see it in myself. 
Oh my gosh. That is so such a hot, valuable, and just amazing, amazing tip. He's a smart <laughs> man. He knew he was going to go away. Right. So he, yeah. he was willing to pay to take all of these things off of your plate so that you could focus on this one thing that was important. I love that. Well, hats off to him for more than just that, of course. But, but I think that, you know, the more we can share with others, like sometimes they know not, they don't even know what the questions they should be asking are. And that maybe Mm -hmm. they're feeling stuck or frustrated. And there could just be this one thing that could make all the difference. So thank you so much for sharing that. This is just got me a little teary here. I know, right. We're feeling (laughs) all the feels, but you know, sometimes we need to really reflect right on how we got where we are and and who the contributors were and the the things like sometimes when we get past that time we forget like what those big 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 rocks were that really supported us so i love these kind of conversations and um yeah and just everything that you guys are doing this has been so great let's do this uh let's talk about your podcast i want to i want to have you tell our listeners why should they listen what are they going to learn you know who are you interviewing yeah so um i've always loved the podcast uh how i built this by Guy Raz. And, you know, the storytelling is, is so great. And I love the opportunity to share other people's stories, but more than that, as a fractional marketing director for these early stage startups, a lot of times we're talking about businesses that are bootstrapping. So they want to know what have you seen that works, right? What's going to work for a business like mine? What's that one strategy that I haven't done yet, or I need to be doing better. So I wanted to to learn from from founders who have done it successfully what that thing was. So I started reaching out to some of my clients, some founders that I know, and it just it just snowballed from there. So Startup Renegades is a raw conversation with the unicorn founders among us who have gone through this journey and have actionable advice to give for others in actual strategies that they can use to scale their brands into profitability. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. So for our listeners, we're going to have all of this in the show notes. So if you're listening right now, click the link in the show notes and run over to that podcast. It's going to be amazing information for you, whether you're a startup or you're already into it and you still need new ideas at work today. Right. So that's what I love about when, when you're talking to startups is that, you know, what, what worked last year is going to be a little different than what works this year. And so again, every time you figure it out, it changes. So uh, with the world. And so, yeah, we want to make sure that we get them over there as well. Well, this has been so great. And, you know, we promise our listeners that um, we are going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and we are going to just share your expert zone of genius, give them tips that they can do right now to help them in their life or their business. And you have just done that. It's been amazing. So let's tell them where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at shanaarmitage.com. And that has the information about me and you can click over to the podcast from there. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull 
founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. Perfect. Awesome. And now the, we also promise those listeners that we are going to show all of your greatness and we're also going to pull back the curtain. You see, everybody wants to have the success that you have, but not everyone is willing to put up with what you had to put up with to get that success. And we just really talked, I mean, four kids, a military husband traveling <laughs> around the world, starting a business, having a podcast, all of these things, you know, and you, the more successful you are, the more obstacles you have to overcome. So I always say, you know, we have, we have so many good, bad, and ugly stories based on where we are in the success. And so what we're going to do right now is pull back the curtain and we're going to share with our listeners a little about your journey so we can give them hope. Right now, we don't know where they are, right? They're they're going through something. And so we want to give them hope that if you can do it, then they can do it too. So we're going to get started. And our first thing that we want to share with them is a story about the good. Do you have yeah. a story you could share with us about the good or the great part of your journey? Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite parts of my business is kind of how I found my niche. When I launched my business, I knew that I wanted to do the marketing thing and I knew how that I wanted to do it. And this really supportive husband of mine said, okay, well, that's, that's really different. Do you think anybody's going to pay you for that? And I said, I don't know, but, but I'm going to try. I need to find out. And it took me about a year of doing a lot of the wrong things to figure out who my people actually were. I was going to a lot of networking events. I was meeting some great people, but none of them were the type of client that I was looking to work with. And I couldn't figure out where to find these people. So about six months after I launched my business, I was at a co-working space and this founder approached me. He wanted to do a market study and he wanted to know as a marketer, if I could lead it for him. Well, I could, it went great. And two months later, he hired me for the marketing role. Then fast forward, now it's been an entire year since I've been in business. I can pay my bills, but things are going slow. It's definitely not, you know, scaling and making all this money I thought I was gonna make when I went off on my own. So this was the moment where this guy reaches out to me on LinkedIn. And he sends me this very nice message about how he remembers me from the last agency that I was at. And they had actually started working with that agency. They weren't having a great experience and they wanted to make a shift and they wanted to know if I wanted to do their marketing instead. So, hey, this was wonderful <laughs> to be remembered, you know, a year after the fact, just to know that, that I had contributed in a way that was positive. But what it really did for me was I had this aha moment where, okay, I'm working with this startup and now I'm working with this startup. I'm not 
a marketer for everybody. I'm not a marketer for the businesses in my city. It's these startups where my expertise is really valuable. And that changed everything for me. Now I was starting to go to the right networking events and talking to the right people and meeting founders. And that was just a game changer. And that's when my business really became what it is today, or it set me on the path for my business to become what it is today. And I I couldn't be more in love with what I do. And I don't think I would have gotten there, or at least gotten there as quickly if it wasn't for that moment. I love that. And they remembered you. And that is just that. I don't think there's a better compliment that someone could give to someone than remembering them and admiring their work and then wanting to bring them, you know, like, we don't want to go over there. We want you like you were the one that made it great for them. And I love that. Yeah, that they actually found you. And that is amazing story. And that set you on your journey, right? To, to really have clarity. Um, And I feel like as you were talking, I was thinking about like being in Germany and not speaking German, right? It's kind (laughs) of, but it's kind of like how that was when you didn't really know who your target market was and who that you finally found them and you could speak their language. Right. And that is, is so cool. And that as you're saying that, I'm thinking that like, I'm very visual as you can tell. And so I'm thinking like, yeah, that's like being in the wrong place and not knowing the language and not being able to communicate. So super amazing. And you know, that's something you want to figure out earlier on, right? Like, you know, the longer you take to figure that part out, the harder it is to really scale your business because if you're trying to help everyone, you're not helping anyone. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was a key point for me. Amazing. Okay. Well, that was fun. (laughs) But now we have to tell them about the bad. So can you share a story with them that maybe wasn't so fun? Yeah, absolutely. So the bad, my mind immediately goes back to a little bit of what I shared earlier, where I got out of college for the second time. I'm a highly educated woman. I've got two degrees. I now have a specialty in professional writing, which is valuable for marketing, communications, PR, all these things. I could not get anyone to even look at my resume. I was sending out dozens of resumes to relevant businesses. Um, I wasn't getting any responses. I wasn't getting invited for interviews. And it was terrifying. I just dropped all this money to go to school. Waiting tables is an amazing experience. I think everybody needs to do it and get that customer service experience under their belt. But it's not something that I wanted to be doing forever. Um, I wanted something more flexible. I had my little boy at that time. And I was just panicked, you know, that that all of this education I got was going to be completely meaningless. So It was a really hard experience going for months and months, sending out all of those resumes, knowing that I was qualified, knowing that I'm a hard worker and just not being able to get anyone to to take me seriously. And it felt like I wasn't like my career, like my real life wasn't ever going to start. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So so what did you do? Did you just keep doing the same? Just keep putting it out there? Or was there something you did different that changed it for you? 
that was the point where the family member had suggested that I try virtual assisting. I didn't know that was a thing. Again, there's so much that I didn't know that I didn't know. So I wasn't aware of virtual assisting and I Googled it and Elance came up um, mm -hmm. and I, I got my first job within two weeks. And then I started writing here and I started writing there and took on blog posts. And then it just grew my experience and my knowledge to where I was so much more valuable and I could actually work as a um, like a strategic marketer. And because my skill set had grown and I wasn't just taking the writing jobs, I was available to do more. That's amazing. So sometimes we need to really look at it, right? If we're still trying hard and nothing is happening, sometimes we need to try something else. So I love that you were flexible and that you were willing to do that. And, you know, that really opened the door for everything that you have today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. So it was really a gift, not a curse, <laughs> right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it felt like a curse while you were going through it, but it was a gift. Yeah. That's yeah. And I will say that, you know, trying to get the job, sending out the resumes, it was hard, but it also set us up for kind of the next phase of our lives. My husband and I were both waiting tables at that point. Um, doing the freelance work allowed me to be flexible. So he was able to go into the military and I was able to take my job with me. That's amazing. So you both really, yeah. really were blessed by that. That is so amazing. Wow. Well, see, that's how the bad turns into the great, right? Yeah. So now we have to take another turn here. So we're going to go to the ugly. And um, I would love for you to share um, a story about some ugly thing that may have happened along your journey. All right. Beware, because this is going to get very ugly. So I had... Uh, a stable freelance job working as an SEO coach for this organization. Uh, that's where I started getting a lot of my marketing wins. A lot of the changes that I was making there was my favorite job, but I was good at my job. It was a great team. And this guy who I had worked with as that director of digital content, which was one of my first jobs, we got back in touch and he was going to start his own agency and he was really interested in having me come on as the number two. I was so excited. This was, this was my dream job. I was going to have more flexibility. I would have a salary. Um, and I was going to be integral in growing this company. I was going to be a key part of making it what it was. So my husband and I talked about it. We were on board. I signed up and at first it was great. You know, it was that nitty gritty startup, like all hands on deck. And then after a couple months, as we started taking on more clients, he started hiring more people. And we were, we were hiring people that matched some of his skill sets, not necessarily people that were filling in gaps for us. So we were focusing more on making social media videos and things that were going to his personal social media and not getting things done for the clients. So here I am being the forward facing person trying to take care of the clients. And he was like, oh, well, we'll get that done next week. Or they're just going to have to, you know, wait for that. That's not a priority. Meanwhile, these people are, you know, paying month over month, waiting for things to happen. And if you've ever worked with a bootstrap startup or you are one yourself, you know how valuable that investment is. Like you need to see things get done. And just to have someone who wasn't invested on a personal level, it really bothered me. 
So I talked to him about it and he didn't like that. So I let it go for a little while. And then eventually I brought it up again. So one Friday morning, six months in, and I remember this vividly, I went to go log in and I couldn't get into my email. All of my accounts were closed. I didn't have any access to our shared documents. And I'm like, what is going on? So he called me two hours later and he said, listen, you're just not a culture fit anymore. We're going to have to let you go. So I had three young kids at home. This was three weeks before my husband's first deployment. And I lost my dream job. I got fired by a friend of mine and I just was devastated. I didn't know what I was going to do. Oh, I just, it's like a stab you, right? The, the pain mm-hmm. of that. Yes. And yet how can something so devastating and painful be such a gift to turn you in the direction to set you free to live the life of your dreams, right? It's how does that happen? And you never see that as you go through it. And yet on the other side of it, we we are grateful because it was that in that moment that you went off and did your own thing. And now look at you now. It was such a gift. And I am so today, I am so grateful to him for firing me. Um, It wasn't a pretty thing and it wasn't great the way that it happened, but I wasn't happy. I didn't like how things were being run and I didn't have the power to do anything about it. The truth is I did. I could have left, but I don't think that I had the strength. I felt like this is a stable paycheck. I need to support my family. I need to stick it out. But the truth was that I wanted to to run a business with more integrity than that. And he gave me permission to do it my way by giving me that kick out the door. And it was the best thing for me and for my business. And I'm so glad that he did. That is such a great, ugly story. I know that sounds so funny, <laughs> <laughs> but we can laugh about it. Now we should just send him a thank you note, right? Like, right? seriously, like, thank you so much. Because imagine if you had, you know, stayed with him, you would never be having this experience that you're having and helping the clients that you're helping and having such a big impact in the world. All of that wouldn't be possible had you not been forced in that way. So there always is a way to take that ugly and make it the greatest story ever. Oh, Shauna, this has just been amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the courage to to live the life that you've been living all of these years and for being invincible and being willing to share all of this with our listeners to encourage them. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Oh my gosh. And before we say goodbye, we just have, I have one last question for you. And that is, if you would just finish the sentence for me, the world would be a better place if more people knew blank. I think the world would be a better place if more people knew that they have the power within themselves and they should just trust it. Oh my gosh, that's the mic drop right there. Thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. 
Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you. Thank you.